Pleasure to be learning once again. Let me discuss this evening a Shaila that I just got uh, this morning, and that was from a program of the OU, one of the NCSY Yachad programs that's going to Eretz Yisrael for the summer. I uh, venture to say that when they picked the date of when they were going to fly to Eretz Yisrael, they were not looking at the Jewish calendar, and they arbitrarily chose that they're going to be leaving this evening. So they called me this morning, frantically, what are they supposed to do? Because they have, obviously, a flight that's going into uh, so they had a number of questions. Surprisingly, the first question they had was not about fasting. The first question they had was what to do about slichos. They said that because of the nature of how big their group is and the fact that they have some special needs participants who are together with others, so the concern was that if they're going to get up and make a minion, that's going to be something that's not manageable. Whether or not you should have a minion on any flight is a separate question, but even if you would, they said it's just not something that is feasible for this group. So the question then became... They're going to be landing in Eretz Yisrael at 11 or 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So they're going to miss the whole Zman of Shachris, which obviously they can daven Shachris be Echidus, each person in their seat. But the question is, is there anything to do about the fact that they are going to miss the Slichos? So I think that that is a very, very important question. The question was, can they say Slichos be Echidus? Can perhaps they not? So let's just get into it a little bit. First of all, when we say Slichos, both in Aseris Yimei as well as in Chodesh Elul, and also when we say slichos on any public fast day, there is a specific way in which the slichos are structured. And you'll notice, maybe you've never taken a zoom out of the lens to see how it's structured, but the truth is it's structured in the same way that our tefillah is structured every day. The Gemara says in Masechus Brachos, learning, commenting on the Pasuk, L'shmoa el harina ve'el ha says the Gemara, that is a Pasuk that is familiar to all of us, but what does it mean? Says the Gemara, b'makom rina, when you're going to ask somebody for something, the first thing that's the responsible thing to do is to first present yourself, try to act nice to that individual, and then after saying nice things about that person, you go ahead, after the pleasantries are out of the way, then you ask for whatever request you have. And says the Gemara, it's the same thing by tefillah. The first thing we do is psuka de zimra. And we talk about things that endear us to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We talk about tehilos, shiros, v'tishbachos. We talk about all the wonderful things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does in his world. And that follows with the tefillah itself, with the Shemona Esrei, which is a discussion about all the things that we need in our personal and communal lives. So the Gemara then says, in Maseches Brachas Lamed Beis, the Gemara is also Maseches Avodah the Gemara tells us that this is the formula whenever you have a tefillah that needs to be offered. How do we know? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, when he's asking for himself to be allowed access into Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu says, he talks about all the great things that happen in the desert, and then he says, Now is my request. Now that I got all of that out of the way, now I want to ask for the thing that's most important to me, which is to go into Eretz Yisrael. And from there, the Gemara says, we have this pattern of tefillah, which is supposed to always follow in that sequence. First you have a rina, and then you have that followed by a tefillah, which is why in the Sefer Otsar Tfilos. He talks about the idea, if you ever bench and you say the harachaman, so those are two assumptions that we're making. Number one is that you washed, and then you're going to bench. And then even if you bench, you have time to say the harachaman. So when you say the harachamans, you'll notice the structure of the harachamans is also very interesting. Harachamani yumloch aleinu liyolam vayet. Harachamani yizbarach v'shamayim v'va'aretz. Harachamani yishtabach v'dor darim. And then you go into the next one, harachamani yifarnasein v'chavod. What is that about? Same thing, the Otsar HaTfilas writes. The first three harachamans are offering shavach v'hodah, shvach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then after that, we ask, who you find to say to We're not just going to brazenly jump in and ask for something. 
the way to do it with Derech Eretz is to first speak nicely about the individual or the entity that you are talking about, and then that is followed by the Bakasha that you have. So this is really why we have the whole notion of Suke de Zimra every day. It really comes from that Gemara, from that idea that we're supposed to have a Rina before we have Tefillah. And when you look at the structure of our Tefillah, when we daven Slichos, it starts with the same thing. We have Ashrei in the beginning, which is a Shevach, which is a Tehillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, followed by all the different Tchinos and the Slichos that we say. At the very end, we say Tachanun, followed by a Kaddish Tzkabel. That's what it's all about. It's the same structure, the same formula as every Tefillah that we daven that we are very familiar with. Now we know whenever you daven Slichos, the most critical, the most crucial part of the entire Slichos is the Yud Gimel Midos. That's really the most important part. Yud Gimel Midos are something that the Gemara assumes is very, very important. In fact, the Gemara tells us in Meseches Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yud Zayin, Amrav Yehuda Bris Krusa Lishlosh Esrei Midos Halalu. There is a Bris, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a covenant with us regarding the Yud Gimel Midos that we find in Parshas Kisisa. And what was that? Shem Yazkirim Yisrael B'Tfilastani. So if we are going to recite these Yud Gimel Midos on a Eis Tzara, on a day in which we are fasting, says the Gemara, Enam Chozros Rekam. We will have our prayers answered. They will not come back empty-handed. How do you know? So the Pasuk says, We're going to lay that tomorrow by the Kriyas HaTorah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that he's going to make a bris with us. And says the Gemara, what exactly was the covenant? The covenant was that if we say the Yud Gimel Midos properly, we're going to then have them accepted. Now, Rabbeinu B'chaye has a, uh, an important comment here, which he says, We don't live at a time of a Beis Amigdash. And certainly when we have the... Shabbos HaBetamos and Tishabav in the three weeks and nine days, which is a commemoration of the lack of Beis HaMikdash. So Rabbeinu Bachai says, don't just think that this is a magical potion. Don't think that if you say the Yud Gimel Midos, then everything's going to be fine. Says Rabbeinu Bachai in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, when we had the opportunity to offer Karbanos, when we had the opportunity to gain a Kapara that way, that was much easier. Now, when we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, what are we left with? Says Rabbeinu Bachai in Parshas Kisisa, the answer is what we're left with is, now that we have no Kohen, no Mizbeach, Vechaper, Aleinu, the only thing left is our Tefillah, and the crown jewel of the Tefillah is the Yud Gimel Midos that we say on very auspicious occasions throughout the year. But says Rebbein HaMachai, that is only if a person says them with tremendous intent, with real Kavana, if a person is really going to think about the words that they're saying, which sometimes is difficult, when you're davening at a minion where people are rushing out to work, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to do so, which is why I, I've always wondered, you know, I'm okay with the fact that people have to go out to work, and I accept that. That's okay. But what should the answer be instead? Should the answer be that, therefore, we shouldn't say the words? Or is the answer to start earlier? Now, that's not so simple for people. They have a routine. They have a schedule. It's not so easy. I understand that. And they're getting up early as is to come to Shul and Davin. We should give them credit for that. So what should we do? So the answer really is, if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, in the very beginning of Hilchas Tefillah, the Shulchan Aruch says, it's better to say less with Kavanah, it's better to say less of the tefillah, but actually have intent, have kavana while you're saying it, than to try to say everything and not really have kavana for anything. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. So if it were up to me, which it is clearly not, but if it were up to me, I would say that in all of our minyanim on the mornings when we say slichos, or for that matter, maybe every day when we daven, right? The minyanim have a limited amount of time when they can daven. We have a train schedule. People need to make it to the train. I get it. But maybe... We should leave out some of the Psuke de Zimra. And then, then when we say Baruch Sha'amar, Ashrei, Halaluka, Yishtabach, we'll actually have in mind while we're saying them instead of trying to say everything and not having total Kavana. Certainly when we have the Slichos, 
when it's very unfamiliar words and it's hard for us to follow and we don't really understand what we're saying, it's, uh, it's something that is a suggestion to think about. In many yeshivas, they do that. Many yeshivas, they leave out much of the slichos and they only choose the ones that are either the oldest ones or the ones that are most powerful, most meaningful, whatever it might be, the ones that are easiest to understand. Many, many times that is what is done in the yeshivas because they understand that the Shulchan Aruch says it's better to say a little and to understand what it is that we're saying than to try to say everything. But of course, the pride and jewel of the tefillah, of the slichos, is going to be the Yud Gimel Midos that we find in Parshas Kisisa. Now, what is that all about? Parshas Kisisa, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Vayomer hareini naz kevodecha. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I would like to see your essence. Hareini naz kevodecha. Now, the Gemara says that that was a question that was way beyond what it seems to be asking. What Moshe Rabbeinu was really asking is, explain to me the way in which your world runs. How does your world operate? Why is it that there's a tzaddik viralo and rasha v'tovlo? Why is it that some people in the world have everything going well and they don't seem to deserve it? And why is it that other people in the world don't have that same experience? That was the question of Moshe Rabbeinu. That was really what he was presenting or challenging HaKadosh Baruch Hu with. I just came back from two weeks in Camp Simcha. Every year in Camp Simcha I have a uh, question and answer session with the oldest division on a Shabbos afternoon. And I'm always terrified to do it because these are not young children. These are uh, individuals who are maybe 21 or between the ages of 16 and 21. So they understand what's happening to them. They have um, regular lives until they were diagnosed with cancer. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. And there are many, many things that trouble them. So I'm always concerned about doing this. But this year was particularly difficult because the first question that was posed by one of the older campers that was there was straight, went for the jugular. So what does she say? She says, you know, I used to be from, and I was absolutely in love with God before I got sick. I was absolutely infatuated. I was in love with him. But you're telling me that we believe that God is in a relationship with us and that he treats us like a spouse, correct? I said, I think so. So she said, I've been through Shira Shirim. Isn't that what all of the different descriptions are? Is about our relationship with God being like a spouse. So she says, I have a question. Why is my spouse so abusive? Why is my spouse so abusive? And then she said, we have so many organizations that deal with people who have abusive spouses. Who do I go to talk to about my abusive spouse? Where can I go? I want to get out of this marriage. I don't want to be in this. So that was Moshe Rabbeinu's question. Hareini naz kevodecha. Explain to me, why is it Sadiq Viralo, Rosh Tovlo? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, there are certain things that you're never going to understand. But in the context of that conversation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, What does that mean? I'm going to call out my name in front of you. Says Rashi, To teach you that this is what you should do whenever you have a problem that befalls the Jewish people. Says Rashi, quoting Chazal, what does it mean? If you think you no longer have schusavos, if you think you have nothing to rely upon and you think that now you're going to be destroyed, says Rashi, don't worry, there's one last card you can pull. There's one last thing you can do. And what is that? You should say the Yud Gimel Mido Shalrachamim and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will forgive you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, even if everything else is lost and even if you have no hope, once you say the Yud Gimel Midos, it seems that everything is going to be okay and you have nothing to be concerned about any longer. And then the psukim then go into a discussion about the Hashem Hashem Karacham Mechanah. Now the Rishonim actually have a, dis- a, a big dispute about how do you break down what are the 13 Midos. You would think 
If God says, these are my 13 attributes, it would be very easy to figure out what they are. Not so clear. How is it not so clear? Because you look at the very beginning of the phrase. What is it? Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachel, Lechanan. What is Hashem twice? What do you mean, Hashem, Hashem? So the Gemara says, Hashem, Hashem means God has mercy on us before we do an Avera, and God then has mercy on us even after we do an Avera, even after we're no longer deserving HaKadosh Baruch who still has Rachmanus on the Jewish people, and that's what it means, the double Lashon of Hashem, Hashem. Now, by the way, something to think about, the Gemara says in Masechus Brachos, if you have a Chazan that stands up and says, Shma, Shma, or he says, Modim, Modim, if you have a Chazan who repeats words, not because they have a stutter, but rather because they have intent to try to refer to two different gods. So you're saying, Modim, Modim, I thank this God, I thank that God. Shma, Shma, I believe in one God, I believe in another God, says the Gemara Mishaskino, so you pull him down from the Yamad, you don't allow that person to daven. So why is it, when we say the Yud Gimomido Sharacham, and we say Hashem, Hashem, Kel Racham Mechanun, referring to God by a double Lashon? It's not something that seems to be appropriate. The answer is, God himself did it. But it doesn't seem to go along with anything else that we find Chazal we're very, very careful about. Now the Rush has a very interesting question. Why do we need Rachmanus before we do an Avera? We say, Hashem, Hashem. The double Hashem is, the first Hashem is, have Rachmanus on us before we do something wrong. The second Hashem is, have Rachmanus after we do something wrong. Why do we need the Rachmanus before? So the Rush says, because God, God knew from the outset we were all going to do something wrong. And He knows not to believe in us. So you should say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should just give up on us before He starts. To that we say, no. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has Rachmanus on us, even though He knows we're going to do things wrong. Even though He knows we're going to disappoint Him and we're not going to always do everything that we should. But still, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has Rachmanus on us then. Then we actually do the thing wrong. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, don't worry. I still have confidence that we can be in a relationship together. And I still have Rachmanus on you. So the Mepharshim, the Rishonim go through what each of these understandings of the Yud Gimel Midas are. What does it mean to be Rachum V'chanun? Sounds like the same thing. To have Rachmanus means to be merciful. Chanun means also the same thing. So what does it mean? So the Baliatosis write that maybe it means Chanun is when a person is in a terrible situation. Currently, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to take care of you as a matnas chinam. Chanun is the same word as chinam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to bestow a gift upon you that even you don't deserve. That you really should not have at all. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I am a rachum, I am a chanun, and I can overlook certain things. No say avon, but over al pesha. All of that is a discussion that the Rishonim have, how to understand and how to calculate exactly what the Yud Gimel Midos are. What we do find in the Birke Yosef, the Shari Tshuva quotes in the Birke Yosef, who quotes it from others, I forgot who, that you should only reserve the recitation of the Yud Gimel Midos for a Ace Ratzon. As you know, for those who don't daven Nusach Svarad, we say the Yud Gimel Midos very infrequently. We say them on an Ace Ratzon when we open up this, the Aron Kodesh on Yom Narayim Naray, and on Shalish Regalim. We say this only by slichos, very limited times in the year when we say the Yud Gimel Midos, and the reason why is because we want, as the Beis Yosef says, we want to limit the amount of times that we say this. Why? If it's so auspicious, if it's so holy, if it's so powerful, why don't we say it all the time? So the Birke Yosef is a very interesting suggestion, and that is that we have a concern that if the Malachi Hasharis are going to overhear us talking about the Yud Gimel Midos, they are going to be mekane banu. They are going to have kina. They're going to be jealous of our opportunity to say the Yud Gimel Midos. Now, what exactly that means, I have no idea. How do you understand? Doesn't the Gemara say that Malachim have no jealousy? The Gemara says that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Harsinai, 
So the Malachim are fighting with him and they said, we want to keep the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, I deserve the Torah. So then the question that he posed to them was, it says, lo sirtzach, it says, lo sinaf, it says, lo signov, you have no feelings toward each other, so you're never going to steal, you're never going to do anything wrong to another Malach in your orbit, so you don't belong having the Torah, it's not relevant to you. And says the Gemara in the heavenly orbit, there's no kina, there's no sinna, there's no jealousy, there's no hatred, all of that is not relevant to them. If that's the case, then you have to ask yourself, why does the, why does the Birke Yosef write over here that suddenly the Malach Asharis are going to have jealousy from us if it seems they don't have jealousy from each other? Very interesting question, something that I don't know the answer to, but I'm sure there are many, many Svarim that talk about it. But to our point, the question here is, what do you do when you're going to be davening biyechidus for whatever reason? What do you do about saying slichos? So this is a very interesting point because the Gemara writes in Masechus Tainus. Says the Gemara, learning from a Pasuk, B'nikdashti b'soch b'nei Yisrael. Pasuk says, I will become elevated b'soch b'nei Yisrael. Says the Gemara, what does that Pasuk actually mean? It means that kol lo pachos me'asara. Whenever you have something which is in the category of a Dvarm Shebekdusha, you have to make sure that that is recited in the context of ten men who are able to make a minion. Dvarm Shebekdusha. Now, what are the Dvarm Shebekdusha? So the Gemara says, Dvarm Shebekdusha are Kaddish, Kedusha, and Baruchu. Those are Dvarm Shebekdusha. The Gemara does not say Yud Gimel Midos. So now the question becomes, what's the story with Yud Gimel Midos? Am I able to say the Yud Gimel Midos myself, or would you say that this is something that is limited only to a minion who are davening together? This is a very interesting point. The two writes in Arachayim, Kasev Rab Nasan, She'ein minag liyached hamisane lomar Yud Gimel Midos. The Gaonim already are quoted as saying that when we have a yachid for whatever reason who's davening by himself on any of the public fast days, and they want to say slichos, you are not allowed to say the Yud Gimomidos. Ask the tour, I'm not sure I understand why. What are we concerned about? Where did the Yud Gimomidos come from? They are a direct quotation of the Psukim. And therefore says the tour, is there any restriction on a person opening up a Chumash one day to whatever Pasuk they want and reading that Pasuk as they choose to do? Why do I need a minion? I'm not doing Kriyas HaTorah, I'm just reading from a Chumash. So worst comes to worst, I'm saying the Yud Gimomidos, just as I would be reading from a Chumash. Does it say anywhere in Halacha that I'm not allowed to open a Chumash to Parsha's Kisisa and read the words of that Parsha? Of course you're allowed to. So ask the tour, how do you understand this regulation? Why is it that I should have to only say Yud Gimomidos when I'm in the context of a minion? It shouldn't seem to make sense. That is the opinion of the tour, where he disagrees with the opinion of the Gaonim. So, there, there is a major discussion about this, how to understand why exactly this would be the case. Now, some Gaonim say that perhaps the reason why is because the Torah says, Vayabar Hashem al-Panav Vayikra, Kaddish Baruch Hu passed over with his face. And Rashi writes there, Kaddish Baruch Hu put a talus over his head and he covered himself. And from there we learn that maybe he was serving as the Shliach Tzibur. And that means that the only way you can say the Yud Gimomidos is when you have a minion with a Shliach Tzibur. That's what some want to say. How do you understand what this is all about? This comes out to be a major, major discussion in the Rishonim, whether Yud Gimomidos are able to be said, be a chidus, or whether it can only be limited to a tzibur who are davening together. You look in the Shulchan Aruch, and the Shulchan Aruch says that you are not supposed to say the Yud Gimomidos be a chidus, because this is something that he refers to as a dvarm shebekdusha, and therefore it is limited to only having a minion together. However, however, says the Shulchan Aruch, quoting the Rashbah, from the Gedali HaRishonim, 
that if I say it, Petoras Kriya, then there's no problem. Now that's a very interesting idea. You have a Pasuk, you can either read it like a Pasuk, or you can read it like a Tefillah. What's the difference? The Trap, I guess. So if I read it with the Trap, then there's no problem at all. The same way I'm allowed to read Chumash. If I read it as a Tefillah, then it says that that Tefillah is limited to be a Dvarm Shabbat That's a very interesting concept. It's a fascinating concept that we would say. So generally the Shulchan Aruch says that we should not say Yud Gimel Midos B'Yachid However, the Shulchan Aruch says if you're going to say the Yud Gimel Midos B'Toras Kriya, if you're going to read it with the Trap, then maybe there's room to say that. So one Eitzah for this could have been that you have everybody who's on the plane who's davening B'Yachidus on a day when you have to say Slichos, everyone should say it with the Trap. And this way you don't have to have it Sibur. Is that really the right thing to do? What I advise them to do is, where Rabbi Vad Yosef writes in a tshuva about something else, but he sticks it in at the end of a tshuva where he says, if you have a group of people who are, for whatever reason, unable to say slichos early in the morning or late at night, he says in Elul, so Rabbi Vadi writes, then that Sibor should just say slichos by Mincha. So I told them, if you're going to land in Eretz Yisrael at 11 or 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to get to Yerushalayim to your destination at 2 or 3 o'clock. You have plenty of time till the Shkia. Make your own minion for Mincha and start off the davening with Ashrei, Slichos. Go from there into Kaddish. After Kaddish, you say Shemana Esrei and you finish off Mincha. I'm sorry, you have uh, Kriya Satorah on a Tainas Tibur, but basically you should add the Slichos to Mincha instead of saying them by Shachris. Now, normally, this is not really an Eitzah for an average person who misses a minion. Because you need to have 10 other people who are interested in spending time by Mincha to say the Slichos then. That's usually a very unusual phenomenon. So what we're describing here is when you have an entire Tzibur of people who are going to then have to say the Slichos later on, so that group of people should then say it by Mincha. Now, there are those, the Mishnah quotes that there are those Achronim who say that not only do you have to leave out the actual recitation of the Yud Midos, but even... Any time that there's a mention of the Yud Gimel Midos and the Slichas, you have to leave that out as well. So, for example, we say in the Kel Melech um, Yoshev, we say at the end, Zechar Lanu Ayom Bris Shlosh Esrei. So, some Achronim say you have to leave that line out also. Or there's a Tefillah that we say, where one of the stanzas of the Tefillah, one of the stanzas of the Slichos is, Hashem Hashem Kel Racham Uchanun. He says, you only have a right to say that if you're going to be in the context of a seaboard. But if you're going to be alone, that perhaps is something that you should leave out because you don't have a right to say that without a minion. Okay, very interesting idea. One final point on the Yud Gimel Midos is that we know that we end off v'nake. We assume that the last line, the last word in the Yud Gimel Midos is v'nake. And the Achronim have a little bit of a difficulty trying to understand how are we allowed to do that. After all, the Gemara says... We're told, anything that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't end off, we're not allowed to end and interrupt the Pasuk in the middle. So here, that's not the end of the Pasuk. It says, It keeps going further than that last word. So the Achronim wonder, how are we able to just cut off a sentence there and stop it right in the middle, when really we're not supposed to stop in the middle of a Pasuk. We're supposed to continue on as Moshe Rabbeinu originally phrased it. So that's a very, very interesting question. The second point to be aware of, when you're davening b'yechidus, when a person has this experience, when they're going to have to daven by themselves, the question then becomes, forgetting about Yud Gimel Midos, and let's say you don't have the opportunity to then say the slichos later on by Mincha, because you don't have a tzibur to do that, so if you're going to actually say slichos by yourself, b'yechidus, happens sometimes. So number one, you say the Yud Gimel Midos 
B'toras Kriya, so you say it with the Tra. Beyond that, an additional complication is that sometimes in the Slichos we have words or paragraphs that are in Aramaic. And that is also something that we generally assume should not be said B'yechidus. What is that all about? So this is an interesting Gemara. The Gemara says, in Masecha Sota, the Gemara tells us, There are some things that require us to speak. There are certain mitzvah Dibur. We have to count Svira with our mouths. If I write down the Svira Somer, is that good enough? This year, there was somebody who asked me to ask Rav Asher Weiss a question. What was this question? In the front of the shul, they have something where they keep the count of the Svira. So the Gabai goes every night and he posts right before Meirav, he posts what day it is. So he wanted to know, do we say Ksiva Kedibur? And therefore, once he writes it on the wall, once he posts on the wall what day it is, maybe he's no longer allowed to count Svira. So again, generally we assume Svira Somer is something that requires us to speak. It requires us to enunciate exactly what we're trying to say. And the same would be for Tfila and Birchas Hamazon and all these different things that the mission describes there. Now says the Gemara, what am I allowed to do when I daven? Can I daven in any language? Says the Gemara, yes. Ask the Gemara, is that true? You're allowed to daven in any language? Don't we know? The Gemara tells us that you're not allowed to daven Belashon Aramis. You're not allowed to daven in Aramaic. Says the Gemara, why is Aramaic worse than anything else? So the Gemara answers, you're right. When we're told that you're allowed to daven in any language that you want, that's only when you're davening with a tzibur. But when you're davening by yourself, when you're davening b'yechidus, you have to make sure that your tefillah is going to be offered b'lashon ha-kodesh. What's the difference? Says the Gemara, because if you're going to offer a tefillah b'lashon ha-rames, malachi ha-shares ein kakim lo. Sometimes we need the assistance of the malachi ha to bring our tefillah up, says the Gemara. And if we're going to speak a language that they don't understand, then we're not going to be able to communicate properly. And therefore, says the Gemara, if I'm davening with a tzibur, I have the schus tzibur, I have the power of the community together. I don't need the malachi asheris. I can daven in any language I want. But if I'm davening myself, I'm not such a great tzaddik. I'm not so great myself. So when I'm davening alone, I need the assistance of the malachi asheris to bring my tefillah up to the ribbon shalom. And if I do it, they're not going to understand it well enough to be able to assist me in my tefillah. That's what the Gemara says. And therefore the Gemara says in Masechah Shabbos as well, now, the Rishonim have a major debate exactly what this means. Rabbi Yonah writes in his commentary on Masechah's Brachos, he says, the bottom line is, we know that in his day, he says, many women in the community were completely illiterate. There was no school, there was no yeshiva, there was no Beis Yaakov, there was no way for them to learn how to read Hebrew. There were Yechidei Skula who knew how to read. But says Rabbi Yonah, we know that all women daven, so his premise is that all women daven, of course women daven. But they don't know how to read the words. So says Rabbi Yonah, what does every woman in our community do? She davens in the vernacular. She doesn't daven in Hebrew because she doesn't know how to read Hebrew. Says Rabbi Yonah, you're telling me that every woman who davens at home and pours out her heart in tefillah and is davening in the vernacular, you're telling me that she is not fulfilling the mitzvah of tefillah? You're telling me that the malachi asharis are not listening to her and are not offering the tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How can that be? So Rabbi Yonah has this question. Says Rabbi Yonah, the answer is very simple. When the Gemara makes a distinction between a yachid and a tzibur, it doesn't mean when I'm davening in the context of a tzibur or when I'm davening as a yachid by myself, but rather, what is the phrase that I'm using when I offer the tefillah? All of our tefillahs are structured belashon rabbin. We say, Don't give me a parnasa, give everybody a parnasa. Don't make a refua for me. I want everybody should have a refua. When I talk about any needs, I put myself in a collective sense, 
and I describe my existence in the context of the whole community, and I'm asking for everyone. Says Rabbi Yonah, as long as you're asking for everybody and not for yourself, you don't need the Malachi Asheris. This is a very powerful tefillah that I'm offering on behalf of everyone. If I'm asking for something personal, if I'm only focusing on my own, then says Rabbi Yonah, that is where the Gemara says that I should not offer a tefillah belashon aramis. That is the answer that Rabbi Yonah gives. The Rush gives a different interpretation, and he says no. That Gemara that says he can't daven belashon aramis when you're beyachidus, that's only lashon aramis. For whatever reason, the Rush writes. Aramaic is considered to be a horrible language. I, the whole Talmud Bavli is in Aramaic. I don't know. But the Rush writes, Aramaic is considered a horrible Lashon, and therefore, specifically, the Malachi Asheris won't listen to that Lashon. But if I dive in English and French and Spanish and anything else, not a problem. Of course they're going to listen. That's the answer of the Rush. And the third answer that is given is the simple understanding of the Gemara. When I'm davening B'Yechidus, I have to daven B'Lashon HaKodesh. When I'm davening B'Tzibur, I'm allowed to daven with any language that I want. So this is the major, major question that we find in Shulchan Aruch. And that is, what is the person supposed to do when they're davening B'yechidus? The Shulchan Aruch actually quotes all three opinions. The Shulchan Aruch writes that there's a difference between Yachin and Sibur. The Shulchan Aruch then throws in, maybe there's a difference between Arami and other Lashonos. And the third thing he writes is from Rabbi Yonah, maybe there's a difference between when I'm davening for myself where I'm davening for a group of people. Generally, we assume that when one is davening v'yechidus, they're not supposed to recite tfilos that are authored, that are written in Aramaic. So therefore, if you're ever davening at home on Shabbos, you wouldn't say yikum purkan, because those are Aramaic tfilos. You also wouldn't say brich shmei. Now, you wouldn't say brich shmei anyway, because that's only when you take the Sefer Torah out. But any tfilah that's generally recited in Aramaic is something that we do not usually say when we are davening v'yechidus, when we are davening alone. And that's why I mentioned to this group, if they're not going to end up doing that minion for Mincha with the Slichos, and they're going to daven B'yechidus on the plane, so there are two things to be aware of. Number one is the Yud Midos issue. Number two is any paragraph in the Slichos that we say in Aramaic is something that should be skipped when you're davening B'yechidus because of this discussion in the Shulchan Aruch. But otherwise, you can daven uh, the rest of the Tefillah B'yechidus. Now, davening with a minion on a plane is a question and a discussion that maybe we'll get into another time. But it's something that is a very fascinating issue. My father actually has a lot to say about it. But uh, Mr. Shem, another time. I see it's time to dive in Marv. Okay.